Locked in on the box. No, never in a million years. Bringing the insight and the analysis. I do hate charge calls. 2022 Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, Eric Name of The Athletic, is on Rutledge and Hamilton. Let's uh, hop into it quickly with Eric Name from The Athletic. A very busy man, I am sure. Uh, this is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. We're live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Uh, Jim Rutledge alongside Colin Russo and Jesse Nelson. Ryan Wollershine behind the glass. And we have Eric Name on the line. And Eric, I'll, I'll guess I'll, I'll start with this. The obvious question after getting some some press conference time and some FaceTime with Adrian Griffin. Uh, what are your, your thoughts? And we haven't talked to you since the hire has been made. So kind of just give us the timeline and, and what you think about him. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it, I think it was interesting that the the Bucks ultimately opted for a uh, first time head coach. Uh, and you know, that was something that John Horst mentioned during the press conference. Um, that going into it, they probably had a bias towards a head coach with experience, with mm-hmm. someone that's done it before. Uh, and you know, he said, you know, we tried our best to to fight any biases we might have had in that process, and. And ultimately, we came away thinking that Adrian Griffin was the guy. And, you know, throughout that press conference, he kept mentioning that his assistant GM, Milt Newton, um, kept saying, like, hey, Adrian's a head coach. He just hasn't gotten the opportunity yet. And and that was the sentence that really stuck with John Horst. And, and I think, to me, that's going to be the interesting thing to, to kind of watch this year is, uh, if that is actually factual, if this is, you know, a job that Adrian Griffin was put on this earth to do, because we don't, we don't know. We, we know that he can be a successful assistant coach, but we have not seen him sit in, in the big chair yet. And I think that's going to be something that, that's really interesting to watch. I, I thought one of the interesting things that, you know, we heard in that press conference was, and again, different people will view this different ways there there could be someone that views this as a negative personality trait um but i'm someone that tends to think that hey if you don't have the answers you know hire someone that does and make sure that they can help you out and you know that was one thing that adrian griffin mentioned a couple times on tuesday was i don't have all the answers but john and i are going to work together to you'll form a really strong coaching staff and make sure that there's people that I can lean on. And, you know, if they don't have answers either, we can do the research and and we can come to, you know, a decision that makes sense for the team. And and I think you're, you're kind of seeing that as you watch the the coaching staff that is being assembled around Adrian Griffin. Uh, Obviously, you know, Terry Stotts was something that they confirmed on Tuesday uh, Joe Prunty and Patrick Matumbo, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN reported today, and that's something that we can confirm at The Athletic. Those two join the staff as well. Um, you look at Stotts and Prunty. Prunty's been an assistant coach for, I believe, about 30 years now uh, at this point. He's someone that knows the league inside out. He was in Milwaukee when J- Jason Kidd was here and helped out a first-time coach then. He'll be doing that again with Adrian Griffin. And Terry Stotts is someone that's won hundreds of NBA games and when he was in Portland that was a top 10 offense nearly every season that he was there they went to the playoffs eight straight years that's a dude that can really coach and I think someone that you know can help out when Adrian Griffin does have have those questions and does need a little bit of guidance to to have 
that type of experience on the bench with him, I think is just going to be huge. And personally, I think that that's great. Other people might say, um, why can't my head coach just have all the answers, right? Like, why, why don't I have the guy that, that knows it all? Um, and, and we'll see how it ends up going. Uh, but I did end up having kind of that takeaway that, okay, it's interesting that they went with a first-time coach, but this first-time head coach really, to me, seems to understand how to delegate, how to put this together, and how to collaborate to, to get the job done and put the Bucks in a position to compete for championships. Uh, Eric, Colin Russo here. It, it's interesting that you said that, you know, a first-time head coach, which is sort of a leap of faith in a sense, getting a guy for a, t- a team that most people think is win-now ready, and they got their superstar, and they're trying to capitalize on that on that, uh, that prime he's in. But there's a lot of questions surrounding this roster as well. There's a lot of free agents in the mix. You obviously got the player options coming up. Like, this is a going to be a daunting task. You know, you got Giannis, but... All the other pieces here and there, is it going to be in his interest to kind of make some changes there? Or is he going to try to bring back the core that won so many games last year? Or is he going to try to change things up and see what type of options he could go into to kind of complement Giannis and and their core players? Yeah, I I think it's really interesting. In the press conference, um, we're kind of asked about the talent and expectations uh, Adrian Griffin very quickly brought up the fact that they have four players at the top of the roster that could be or have been number one options for teams before. And then by name, he mentioned Giannis Dettacumbo, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez. And as you mentioned, two of those people, Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, do have decisions to make uh, this summer. They have to figure some things out. Chris Middleton has a player option for $40.4 million. Uh, that he can choose to accept by June 21st, or he can opt out and he can still sign an extension with the Bucks, or he could sign elsewhere. Um, and that's a, that's a big option. And today at the Athletic, Shams and I reported that you know Chris had undergone a successful surgery on his right knee shortly after the Bucks were eliminated from the playoffs this season uh, to kind of address some of the issues that he was dealing with um, throughout this season. And you know, I, I think there's. There's a lot of questions about what Chris can be going forward, but there's also the realities of the Bucks cap situation. Uh, if the Bucks or Chris Middleton decide, you know, if Chris decides to opt out, or if the Bucks, you know, decide that hey, even if he opts out, we don't want to work an extension with them, they're not just going to have forty million dollars to spend. They're already over the cap. They won't be able to sign someone else. And I think that's always kind of the thing you have to keep in mind that with this Bucks team, because of Giannis's supermax extension, which was the biggest in NBA history at the time that he signed it a few years back, and because of the extension they signed Drew Holiday to, and because of the dollars for Middleton and for Brooke Lopez, this is a team that is already over the cap. They're not going to have cap space, and largely the option is bring Chris Middleton back or go sign a veteran minimum. And if, well, no matter what someone thinks of Chris Middleton, his future, you know, what it's going to look like after the, the cleanup procedure he had done on his right knee, um, he's a whole heck of a lot better than any veteran minimum you're going to find that's out there on the market. Uh, so, so I do think, you know, it's, it's really a situation. And with Brooke Lopez, uh, the Bucks in time to a three-year $54 million deal, uh, if they want to before free agency starts or he can go in free agency and 
be open to an even bigger deal from other teams and things like that. But again, there's going to be people that, you know, maybe want the Bucks to play a slightly different style of defense. Maybe they want the Bucks defense to not lean on Brooke Lopez so much after, uh, you know, a season which he finished runner-up for defensive player of the year. I think it's crazy, but some people might want that. I get it. He's big, he's tall, and, you know, he's a little bit on the slow side. So people could want those changes, but, but I think overwhelmingly the reality of the cap suggests there's just not a ton of options out there. You can lose those guys. You can decide to go into a different direction. But because of the way that the salary cap is set up, you're just not going to be able to spend a whole lot of money on those guys. And, and when you're talking about Chris Middleton, you're talking about Brooke Lopez, you're talking about two of the top guys at their respective positions around the league. Eric, we've been talking a lot about NFL and specifically NFC teams and their tiers today here on the show. <laughs> Would you say that the uh, you know the Boston Celtics? I think we're clearly a tier one. Miami, they've both been in the conference finals the last year. They're, I'd say they're both tier one in the Eastern Conference. With the changes the Bucks have made or are expected to make, and the changes that teams around the conference will make throughout the rest of this offseason. Would you say going into next year, the Bucks will still be a tier one team in the Eastern Conference, contending for a title? I mean, it'd be really hard for me to imagine them not being in that tier. Um, obviously, as I just went over, they could lose Chris Middleton. They could lose Brooke Lopez. Um, I don't think either of those things are incredibly likely. Um, so, so I do think that the Bucks will have much of the, the same roster at the top, at least, uh, that they had last year. Uh, and if they have that, they're going to be in that same tier. And, and I do think you put them in there. It is the three teams that have represented the Eastern Conference in the finals the last four seasons, in the Bucks, and the Heat, and the Celtics. I think those are probably the, the teams that you're talking about on that top tier. And, and I think where it gets interesting is, you know, there's a real possibility that, you know, maybe the Celtics aren't there. Jalen Brown has a big decision to make this offseason. The Celtics have a big decision to make if they want to offer him the Supermax and over $200 million. And, and they have to make that decision, and Jalen Brown has to decide if he wants to be in Boston long-term. There's a possibility that he's not there. James Harden has a big decision to make this offseason. Uh, you know, the, you're looking at the Sixers team, who we haven't talked about, who was also at the top of the East, but they could lose James Harden, and it's, for them it's a Chris Middleton situation where they don't have money to go get somebody else. If they lose him, he's gone. There's no replacing that level of talent, and again, no matter what you think of James Harden, he's a whole heck of a lot better than a veteran minimum. So I, I think for the Bucks, if you have Giannis, you have Drew, no matter what, you're going to be in that tier because Giannis, is, no matter what Jokic is doing right now, is right there along with Jokic as you know, the two best players on the planet at the moment. Um, so you're always going to be in that area, but I do think with the way rosters move around and, and what the Bucks will ultimately do this offseason, uh, I think there's there's plenty of reason to believe that they're going to be in that same tier, which really puts them at you know six years of being on that tier in the Eastern Conference. And, and uh, I mean, it says a lot about how good Giannis has been and how good the team they've put around Giannis has been for the last six years. Uh, talking with Eric Dane from The Athletic, I just got to throw this out there. I think I saw Javon Carter might be looking for a contract otherwise or elsewhere. means they could use a backup point guard. Uh, Chris Paul? What, what, they, what, what <laughs> yeah, percentage are you putting I mean, on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think it's a, it's a very intriguing option. Uh, 
I do think Chris Paul probably has better relationships with a lot of other teams around the league and other mm-hmm. players around the league. And that's not to say, like, you know, it's, it's bad between him and Giannis or Drew or Chris or Brooke. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, you know, he has yeah. friends out there. Um, and none of those friends are currently on the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so I think there's a very real possibility that he goes back to the Suns just at a cheaper deal and they figure out something that way. I also think there's a real possibility that he goes to the Los Angeles Lakers and he gets to team up with LeBron James and they kind of get to see how all of that goes as well. So um, I would say pretty low odds on him coming to the Milwaukee Bucks, not necessarily because of the Bucks doing anything wrong or you know the organization having any defects, just Chris. Paul kind of enjoying other franchises a little bit more. Yeah, Eric, it's it's based on that uh, that what I my analysis of what you just said. The Bucks, their situation really is they got a new coach, hopefully an experienced staff around him. Hopefully they can help him grow and kind of fit into his own. But in terms of financially, their hands are tied. They don't really have a choice other than to run it back with the guys they got really at hand with them. Am yeah, I reading that? I, mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly true at the very top of the roster. Um, I think when you look at this roster overall, uh, there is a new collective bargaining agreement going into effect this summer um, that has more punitive penalties for how far you get up over the cap. And there's something called the second cap apron, which is going to be in there as well. And the Bucks are going to flirt with that line. And the easiest way to not flirt with that line is to probably turn, you know, one of their mid-level contracts, which is guys like Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, turning one of those three guys from someone that makes, you know, I think nine to twelve million dollars a year to someone that makes four or five or a rookie contract or, or whatever that may be. Um, so as far as roster redo remake. To me, the the spot that I think people really have to look out for this offseason is, is kind of in the middle section of the roster. But also, that's something that's going to be happening around the league. Uh, I think the, the goal with the new CBA was to hopefully spread out the top talent in the league, fewer teams with three max guys or near max guys, and make it you know only two max guys, and then you still have the, the healthy middle class. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think around the league you're going to see teams say, all right, we'll just do three maximum guys and then the rest of the roster is minimum guys. And and that's just how we're going to go about it. So I don't think the Bucks will be the only team in the league thinking that exact same thing that I just laid out where, okay, maybe we can move someone from the middle of our cap sheet to the bottom of our cap sheet. So to me, if you're looking for the Bucks roster remake, that's kind of the area to look at. They just got to do what the Heat do and just get a bunch of undrafted free agents. <laughs> and just, yeah, it's so easy. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that 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 is certainly a question. Uh, that's the, the second question I asked in the press conference 30 minutes in was like, hey, in Toronto, they're known for that. Yeah. That's something that they do very well with their G League, uh, with their G League franchise and kind of undrafted guys and second-round guys and, you know, just kind of churning – roster spots out of the bottom of the roster that's something that the Raptors were very good at and and I do certainly think you know when you look at what the Bucks are going to have to try to do that needs to yeah. play a bigger role that needs to be something with the new CBA that the Bucks are consistently getting talent 
in getting production out of the bottom of the roster. Uh, and I don't think it's any sort of accident that they pick someone from a franchise that has been doing that for the last five to ten years. Eric, uh, awesome stuff as always. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's Eric Name from The Athletic. Read everything he's uh, written about Adrian Griffin and keep you up to date on the Bucks' new hire. You missed any of that? Listen back. Wisconsin on the man, Apple, Spotify, and those great places. Brought to you by Revive Restoration, revivepros.com. If you have smoke, water damage, mold and radiation needs with your home or business, go to revivepros.com. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light.